I'm gonna I'm gonna feel uh like a goon if you don't tell me that you are currently happy with the new headphones. Because one of my biggest fears is recommending things to people and then having them not like it. That that's that's Terrible. really high up there on my list of fears. I spent way too much money for these shitty headphones. Fuck! <laughs> Podcast over. No, they're great. No, they're great. They're great. Good. Great okay. headphones. I'm glad that you find them comfortable. And now we have matching yeah. pairs. We look so cool and coordinated and synchronized. Yes, very cool. Except we're not your synchronized room's... anymore because your room's too dark. I can't see the the fuzzy. Is yours black? M- mine's or is it, mine's black. One? Mine's black. I, um... I I got the uh, I I got the black one because uh, I figured if I got hair grease on it, it might show up less than than the gray ones. But mm, good uh, call. Good call. Big. Big fans, big fans. Amazon affiliate link in the description below. Uh, please, support. <laughs> uh, JK. I, uh, they're they're the uh, they're the DT nine ninety pros for anyone who is uh, curious. If I keep this in, um, I'm glad that they are comfortable. I'm glad that they got you in time. And you know, we were synchronized on a lot of stuff a- until um, you decided to change time zones for work reasons. And yeah, now, I decided to go do my job. Oh, I had to go work <laughs> dude um how, how how long have you how long have you been in sweden when did you get here uh i got in not yesterday so it's uh 9 a.m in the morning right now um so i didn't get in yesterday but the day before at about 2 p.m so i uh i got here to my apartment probably around 2 I managed to stay awake until about 7 or 8 p.m., fell asleep, woke up at uh, 1 a.m., didn't go back to sleep, stayed up until about 3 p.m., 2 p.m., something like that, Uh, decided I I should take a nap so I can try and correct my schedule, Uh, set an alarm on my phone, my alarm, uh, my phone died, so my alarm that never went off. I woke up at uh, 9 p.m. I went to bed at. Th- uh, I, I took my nap at 3 p.m. I, I, I need a woke chart. I, I, I should have. I so should have been writing this down. <laughs> so I took a six-hour nap, quote unquote. Woke up at 9 p.m. Uh, was awake all the way up until 5 a.m. Took a two-hour actual nap, uh, and and woke up at uh, seven a.m. and now I'm here at nine a.m. And do you feel like a human, or are you gonna have a really rough day now? That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to work today, so like I'll take another nap, quote unquote, sometime sometime through the day. This time I'll actually make sure my phone will stay alive and it'll wake me up after an hour or two of sleeping. And uh, then I'll try and go to bed at a normal time. But uh, it would suck if I didn't work, if I did work today, but it's fine. Is today um, day one of EU DPC season two or, or is that tomorrow? Yes. Yes, it is. It is starts today. I believe it starts with a lower division match. Shiver is going to be hosting and Moxie and T governor are going to be uh, casting it. So. Hell yeah! How how many was everyone able to make it over to Europe this time? No. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> no, not everyone made it. Who who's missing now? Fogged. Again? Again. But I Fogged thought he had the crew. Now he's bet did, did someone look at his Twitter and go, hmm, I don't know if we can let this person into the country. No, he um so he didn't make it last time alongside BSJ. And then he um he ended up uh, missing the major because he actually got COVID. And then surprisingly, he was able to get a successful negative test, a successful PCR negative test. Uh, but the by the time he was here in Frankfurt or something like that, I think he went through Frankfurt. I, I don't know exactly where he ended up. Mm -hmm. um, wherever their layover was. It was uh, it was too late. His PCR test was too old, um, so they sent him back. Let me just say, I I find that entire thing very dumb. <laughs> they just send you right back, like sorry, that's uh, this test is ten hours too old or something like that. Uh, go the fuck away, you know? What? Why? Why can't they just have fucking tests at the airport? Yeah, right? Like, I mean, if they want him there, I mean, it, that's probably just because they just don't want him there, right? Like, they're no, finding they any reason to, like, not let people in, right? Because surely they mm -hmm. could do, like, you know, a rapid PCR at the airport for people who are, like, mm -hmm. fringe cases. Or at that point, fog, I'm sure Fogged, let alone ESL, would probably pay for it. Like, yeah. like charge someone out the ass for it. Say that if you want to come in, you're going to take a $400 test right now. People will do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I mean, I wouldn't say they're looking for any reason because the rest of us got in. And um, to be honest, they can decline us. There is, there, is, there is no guarantee of us getting in. Actually, to be real, there is no guarantee ever when traveling because they can always said, tell you to fuck off uh, no matter what. Mm -hmm. They can always have a reason. Um but the rest of us did get in, but I'm saying, like, right now, they could tell us to fuck off because technically the way that we get in, kind of, I like, I barely even mention it. It just seems to depend on the person. If the person is going to decline me, then I try and tell that I'm coming in under the sporting exemption. And then it's up to that person, but, like... There, those rules are just very vague. It pretty much just says that, like, if you are integral to a sporting event, uh, you are allowed to, you are exempt under mm -hmm, these, mm -hmm. like, P COVID, PCR, quarantine rules or whatever. Um, and so the, they can let you into the country. Uh, but, like, obviously, it's up to their judgment whether or not they believe me, whether or not eSports is actually a sport, whether, you know, like, there's tons of reasons they could still decline you. Uh, but the rest of us did get in, mostly because all of our tests were within the 48-hour You know, on, on time. <laughs> yeah. So, Fog got uh, hit on that one. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly all the details. Probably some of it's his fault. Probably some of it's ESL's fault. But uh, a as a whole, funny. the situation is kind of... A little of shitty. shitty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely funny. I mean, Fog going 0-3... and three. It's funny. Hey, hey guys, I just want to cast Dota. 
Yeah, we'll see if he uh, he may try and he may try and show up later um, after like a week or so. We'll see. That's what they said last time with Fogged and BSJ. They said we'll uh, we'll we'll have them come down later, and then they never did that. So I'm uh, <laughs> hesitant to believe this, but uh, this time around we actually have a bunch of people. So because you got T Governor, which joined the broadcast like late in season one, that means you used to have more yep. staff, right? So you're you're yeah. not having to to work as as hard. Yes, ESL and Dream League took our. Uh, took our notes from last season and then proved on some things. They brought back T governor. Uh, so they brought a whole extra person. Um, Cause we said we were stretched a little bit then, even if everybody was there, uh, they Kyle made the suggestion that they get an extra room here at the business apartments and put a bunch of workout equipment in it as a sort of community gym for all of us. They said no to that, but instead they just got us workout equipment for all our rooms. So I've got a yoga mat, two uh, two dumbbells, and uh, a kettlebell That's here. Great. You're gonna come uh, back small again. We have an extra talent manager this time around, whereas before we had only one talent manager, which um, was not great because this poor girl, she didn't work again. Uh, she didn't work again this season, even though I know she enjoyed everybody that she worked with. She had a good time. She didn't work again. Um, I don't know exactly the reason why, but, uh, that poor girl had to drive us every single day to the studio and drive us back. So she was working the longest hours of anybody because she didn't have days off. Our talent schedule is set up so that we all have two days off a yeah. week. She, but she has to drive everybody constantly, and she has to go get us groceries while like the the event is going on and stuff. We did everything we could to make her job like a lot easier. I would drive sometimes, um, like I would drive the the car to get people uh, in and out. I would drive people to get PCR tests sometimes. Uh, we did everything we could to make her life a bit easier, but she had to work some really long hours. Uh, so now we've got two talent managers. So that uh that'll be better as well. Uh, all in all, some pretty decent improvements I would say from season one, which uh, I don't think I really complained about. But no, it wasn't I, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. I I, I think uh from what I remember, uh, it was just long hours, and like being a little yeah. understaffed was like was like the 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 note that I remember. Yeah, um, legitimately, my biggest complaints would be that and um. And the food, the initial catering that we had for like the first two weeks was not very good. It was so bad. It was so bad that like Sheever and Owen were like, this is not very good. This is, we should really say and something. And they're used to, to eating the bland Swedish food. Yes. And they're also like people who are less likely to complain. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I do remember that too. Uh, well, it's good that they made those improvements. Do you think that the. Teams. Oh yeah, I actually got ESL merch this time. Oh, last time around, like two weeks before the event, they're like, "Hey, what's your uh, your sizes?" Uh, and so we give it all, and then we go through like seven weeks of working or whatever, and like they they just never give us any uh, any swag, which I don't care. Like you know, it, but it was just funny that they asked us for it, and we we literally like ten weeks go by or something like that, and they didn't have anything. And then when I got here, time around. Ellie's not going to be happy to put another t-shirt in the closet. 
Oh yes, she really isn't. But okay, I, I cleared out a lot of my closet. I cleared out a lot of the old shit. So now I've got fresh new shit to throw in there. Uh, but it was sitting all here, just waiting for us. Uh, I had a bunch of, um, I had even more groceries sitting here waiting for me than compared to, to last time, which was pretty sparse when I first showed up. Um, they they already had the grocery. They already sent me the grocery document. I got all my groceries yesterday. All of this is set up, all of these improvements, because we have a different project manager. Let me tell you, Joey, project managers are so important. God, they're so important. Those people, uh, fucking projects live or die by them. That's why they're called project managers. All right? they Because join Dota... <laughs> multiple deaths a lot of deaths more than one just kept fucking dying over and over and over again because either a lack of project managers sometimes who just straight up didn't have somebody or two <laughs> bad project managers or project managers that were Otherwise, you know, like maybe they're running too many projects at once so they can really divert all their attention to join Dota or whatever it was. Very important. So we got a new project manager and I already see improvements all over the place. It's fantastic. I think probably a lot of people in a lot of different fields that we don't even think about can can relate to that. <laughs> I'm sure you're gonna have a lot of people who go, man, I know a bad project manager or Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, like, just for join Dota as an example, like when you're an employee and you're working on a, a poorly run project, there's only so much you can do, you know, if, if there's just no, like, um, for like for join Dota as an example, I'm there to cast, I'm there to like do that work. I'm not like trying to determine what the future of esports is and where join Dota is going to go. <laughs> And like no, where that, are that's resources not your job. be going or anything? Like, that's not that's my not job. job. I'm there to cast. I'm I'm literally I'm there for me. I'm there to make my brand as big as possible. Like y'all fuck around with Join Dota as much as you want, but like I'm here for me. And it's like, uh, like so as as an employee under that project, there's only so much you can do until you're given the power and the decision making of like what does this project do. Without spilling too much Team Liquid tea, I think one of the big things uh, that we did last year was, which was also my first year, was understanding that there weren't enough project managers just across the board on different things from like, you know, player announcements to social rollouts to events and campaign to like, like literally anything you can think of that's probably actionable that, that like an end user sees. And over the last year, it's been a lot of, um, you know, finding people to actually truly run point and manage projects. Because mm -hmm. when you don't have, like, a person who you can go to of, like, ah, this is Austin's project. He's the person who's ultimately responsible for it. Sometimes things just go sideways. And that's, yeah. like, that... Uh, it, it's pretty rare that I've seen that in my in my television career because generally those kind of company structures are very, like temporary and set up where project managers are clearly defined right like there's a showrunner it's their fucking show right it's the, it's their show that's it and then you know there's there's you know d directors or producers and then people are like reporting to them and they're, they're, there's like there's like a good company structure right and when you don't have that when you don't have someone running the tournament right when you don't have someone like calling the right meetings it, it 
Woof. Woof. I would love to, yeah. to, to talk to that new project manager and just, and just pick their brain and just really learn more about like what it is they feel is, is integral to success of uh, these, these big picture broadcast contracts because they're not just managing, you know, Hey, what are we doing for the talent side to make sure that, you know, we, we don't burn our own employees out or burn, you know, our contractors out or make sure they have food. But they're also thinking about like, how do we make the teams happy? How do we make Valve happy? How do we fulfill our Twitch obligation? How do we fulfill our sponsorship obligations? Right? Like they're, they're kind of have all that stuff. And I would love to, 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 to hear some, some dirt on what, you know, their last couple of months has been like. Not to be like uh, too too creepy here, but I did Google them. I was like, "Who is this?" Per-? Like, I I never first of all I'd never heard of them, so I was curious if they had been around ESL Dream League or whatever for a while. If I already knew them from the mm-hmm. past, because I'm terrible at that. I'll, I'll let you guys know. Like, I'm really bad. Do people ask me? Fans ask me all the time. Like, hey, do you remember like uh, meeting me at that one event? And I'll be honest, like eighty percent of the time, I don't. And sometimes I do lie to them. <laughs> it, it, it's, like, like, it's like a white lie. It's kind of the, the nice thing to do sometimes. Yeah, like I remember the event and like they seem like vaguely familiar. But like, am I, do I really remember them? Like, do I remember the conversation that we had? Do we, I don't know. I don't. And I'm really bad with those things. And that happens a lot at these tournaments where I'm like... I vaguely recognize somebody, but I don't know. And they're like, hey, Cap, good to see you. And I'm like, hey, dude, good to see you again. Uh, looking forward to the event. You know, they're, they they like talk to me with like some familiarity. And, uh, and I feel so terrible every single time. I'm like, why don't I remember this person? Why am I so bad with like, like um, names, names? You're so self-centered. Way. It's, it's, yeah, all, yeah, it's yeah. all Cap all the time. And other people come in your life, they come in, it's whatever, right? It's, it's Cap, Cap, yeah. Cap. Yeah, you're all beneath me. You're all ants, you're all peasants. <laughs> I'm living the high life over here. No, I just like I can't fucking for the life of me. I'm really dead bad at like remembering people, especially names, especially names. Uh, but it, I think it's also because I'm like less social than say Kyle. So it's true. I mean, I find it hard too. But I definitely don't have those in, in, in encounters where someone could be like, it's, hey, do you remember that, that, that like we signed an autograph and took a picture seven years ago? And you're like, yes. <laughs> for tournament people, it's also uh, for the people behind the stage, um, the, all the production people. And let me say, I have a lot of respect for all the production people. I know like how long of hours they put in and stuff. Like whenever like I know I'm tired, I know they're even more tired because uh, they had to be here before me and they're going to leave later than me. So, like, I have a lot of respect for them, but that's also a difference is that, like, <laughs> they're looking at they're I'm on camera all the time. So they have to look at me, <laughs> you know, and, and like to me, like if it's a producer or something, there are some disembodied voice in my head, you know, Toss but, like, commercial. Since, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, if, I'm not, if, if I'm a caster, it's like I don't really have a back and forth with that person, really. You know, I see them once at like the beginning of the event. They give me a run of show as a panelist. I'm sitting there going like, I don't care. I mean, it's just like esports broadcasts are, are not that rigid that the people on the panel need to really know the run of show. Right. Yeah, the host I'm there to talk about Dota. The host will take it away from me and throw it to commercial when need be. Mm hmm. 
So it's like, that's the only time I meet them. I don't have a back and forth conversation about the show with them. Like uh, for, for the rest of the event, that's the host. So it's like, they're just a disembodied voice that occasionally tells me to throw the commercial. So it's, uh, I think that's part of the reason why I'm so bad at remembering names. And But did you know this person or were they new? Because you said you Googled them. They are new. And uh, they actually have an extensive history in TV production and uh, project management. So uh, they used to work for like, uh, well, I'm actually not going to say. But uh, yeah, they used to work Probably for Probably something like, impressive legit. that people would know. Yeah, they used to work for some legit companies and stuff, and they have like a very long history of uh, this stuff. So I'm looking forward to to meeting that person just because they seem super legit, and I have a because of Join Dota, I have a special love for good project managers. <laughs> I appreciate cool. them more than most. That that seems pretty dope. That that probably seems like a good hire from ESL, and they probably recognize that they need a person like that. You know, so. Yeah, because uh, I'll be honest, the various kinds of management outside of that has not been great. I'll just, just cut that out. Don't worry about that. I'll just, I'll just, uh, just rip that right No, out. it's fine. <sighs> they, they know. <laughs> Anywho. They, they know. So speaking of other let things. Me just say, no, 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 no. Let me just say, let me have this out. <laughs> I, I I was morbidly curious. I played, I played like, it was like in my call, in my head, I called it the most dangerous game. I was just like, if I just don't say anything, how late until I get my flights? And are they going to book those flights without running it by me? Because I, t I told them very early on, I asked them for flights. Two weeks later, they came back. Um, I asked them for the dates of my flights very early on. Two weeks later, they came back with me with the official tournament dates. Obviously, that's not what I'm asking. I'm saying I'm working an event. I need to know exactly when I fly. And two weeks later, they came back to me with something that I could find on Google, which is exactly when the DPC starts. I know it starts on the fucking 12th or 13th. Today's the 13th. I know it starts on the fucking 13th. I need to know when you need to fly me out because I'm working the Southeast Asian event right now. It took two weeks to respond with something that was just on Google. Okay, okay. And then, then what do you respond do we, with? Do you say, hey, uh, that's not what I meant? Like, like, what's, what's your response to that? Because you're probably looking no, no, at your no, no, no. Discord window going like, how do I handle this? Like this. <laughs> that's the thing. Is that like this, this other event, the Southeast Asian event that I just worked, uh, I think it was put on by Mineski. Um, they, um, they're they handled things very very well they were they were very good and they really needed to know whether or not i could work the event as soon as possible which i totally understand so when i didn't get a response within like two days i went back to that person and i said okay uh if i had to guess my flight is going to be around here let's go ahead and say that i can't work the last two days of the event but i can work the first four so I can work the first four for you guys. Um, no problem. Let's just do it like that. I don't know exactly the dates. And I told them, if if ESL DreamHack wants to fly me in sooner, I'm just going to tell them no, which did happen. And I did tell them no. I said, no, I can't fly in the ninth. I'm doing this other event. I can fly in the 10th. And, uh, and so that like there's that. But then like leading up to those flights, I got like down to like fucking two days away from when I was supposed to fly before I finally sent a message. 
I blinked first, Joey. I, I was really curious. If I just didn't say anything and didn't do anything, when I would get my flights. You would have got your flights. Be... You would have got your flights when whoever is the project manager or the person above whoever you were dealing with is like, "Hey, when's Austin coming in?" Or when everyone <laughs> else arrives and you're not there, and someone goes, "Hey, uh, who booked Cap's flight?" <laughs> so it's it was just like I finally broke, and I was just like, "Hey, just as a reminder, I cannot fly out on the ninth. I can only fly out as the tenth. I didn't even ask for my flight, so it's just like just a reminder." That's uh, that shouldn't be is, on you. Like 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 big picture, no. it like you no. are the talent, and with that comes some privileges. One being that if they're gonna book your flights, they just they 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 do and they talk to you about it. They shouldn't be like, waiting on you to this, confirm. This, like, hey guys, are you gonna do the thing you said you were gonna do? Because that's a <laughs> level of proactiveness that you you shouldn't expect from. I mean, talent. that's the thing though. I already asked for that. I, like technically i already asked for that two months ago or whatever the fuck when i was trying to plan out doing this southeast asian event and wanted to know when i was going to fly and i'm always available to get flights as soon as possible i know that that flights are much cheaper the earlier you book them yeah so so and but then on top of that like the the, the one part that makes this really egregious is you have to get pcr tests before you fly and some places like where Moxie's at, it's very difficult to actually get a PCR test and get it back in time. Uh, you you really have to plan that out. Me, I'm in Los Angeles, so there's a billion fucking. You you can literally you know, go to five places within like a mile walk of your house, probably to get that. Yeah, if I was Moxie, like I would have been on the horn like two weeks prior, been like, "Give me my fucking flight. You guys got to get me some flights so I can plan this out." But because I'm in Los Angeles, I'm just kind of like, also because of who I am, I'm just kind of like, "Meh, I'll get it to me eventually." But it's like, it's not even like some privilege or something like that. I like, I, I did, I asked for flights. I asked for flights a long time ago. I think I saw you on like the seventh. I, I came over to your house and dropped some stuff off. We had some in and out. Uh -huh. Um, you're a uh, you're a strawberry yeah, yeah. shake person. No, Ellie's a strawberry. Chocolate. Shake. Ellie's a strawberry. Ellie's strawberry. Yeah. In case anybody's curious, yeah. Cap's chocolate shake person from in and out. Um, mm -hmm. and uh. I was like, do you have flights yet? And you went, no. <laughs> and I'm like, does the event start in five days? And you're like, yes. <laughs> like, huh. This is, someone's fucking up here. <laughs> it's just, it, like, it, it's honestly funny to me. Like, it, it, it doesn't even bother me that much. It would bother me. It bothers me if it, like, affects me more. Like, if I'm an, if I'm an employee and I'm under a bad project manager, then that, like, that affects me more. Like this, this is just kind of funny to me because I'm like, well, if you book my flight so late that I can't get it from you, like that's not on me at that point. Yeah, no, it's Rebook not. Rebook another flight. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like you should have, you should have booked them earlier. Like what? Why yeah. didn't you book them for me like six weeks ago when I asked? Yeah. <sighs> It's pretty funny, though. It's pretty, it's pretty silly. Man, I would have loved esports to Esports is full of people like that, just so you know, guys. Like, if you ever think to yourself, like, I want to get into esports, first of all, it's not a good idea. But second of all, it, it, I think it's actually a pretty legit uh, idea if you're, like, a really competent person. If you, like, really know how to, like, get shit done, it's actually probably not a bad idea because it's full of really incompetent people. I think that we're going through a time uh, in esports where the 
I, I think for most of its existence, and I'll I'll just conservatively say like the last ten years, the majority mm-hmm. of people who have worked in and around the scene are just people who were giant esports fans or like mm-hmm. big gamers. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made sense with their skill set. And a lot of them learned a skill set in doing yeah. the job over time because a lot of them started without getting really paid anything. Yeah. And now we're starting to shake down and see. I think that we're getting closer to the point where if you want to work in esports, you both need to like care about the industry and have some knowledge of it but also like bring something else competent to the table from like another sphere i think that the days of just being able to work in the industry because you're like a super fan and care and have like you know those magical words like passion uh Mm. is really winding down fast yeah esports is getting much more professional um, much faster and uh that that includes uh, people from other industries coming in because we can actually afford to pay people rates that are attractive to people that are not in esports and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's uh, but you know, there's still some people left. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I guess it's like that anyway, right? But there, there's still there's still a handful of people or a couple handfuls worth of people. Yeah. Speaking of uh paying people attractive salaries what do you yeah. think uh what do you think Anna's getting to come back for <laughs> season two i don't know it's it's like uh it's weird because that's a player-owned organization and from what i understand player-owned organizations uh are not able to give their players the same kind of salary that regular organizations can so I don't, all the regular organizations even left in Dota at this point. <laughs> yes, there's not very many. So uh, I would say, you know, I it's probably a, it's probably a decent amount and stuff, but um, probably not as much as it could be, considering the superstar he is. But then again, who gives a fuck? Because ultimately, this is your fucking summer job, and you're just here to win a fucking TI, and that's where the big money is. And that's exactly why player-owned organizations can't afford to play their players less, because their their money comes from the international, not from somebody paying them from uh, from sponsors and stuff. I know that you're so. going to have to talk about this probably at least a handful of times over the next month. So, mm-hmm. so pardon me even having the audacity to bring it up but for the people who aren't going to watch all the dpc broadcasts and get your like hot takes your intimate takes your your in the moment takes how you feeling about what shook up between season one and season two with player shuffles because i think that there's two that people are really gonna talk about maybe three if you want to say viking but i mean we can just kind of focus in on you know weha's out weha's out mid one's out Mid ones out. And OG Enigma. Are are they now more competitive than ever? Or is this a band-aid that might not work? I think Nigma needed a change. Um I am not convinced that ILTW is a tier like a truly tier one, tier S, whatever carry. I'm not convinced that he is top five in the world at any time. That may not be what's needed, though, because they do have Miracle. 
I think people overlook that um, that there is a lot of things um, that rosters have. Um, rosters have like some consistency issues whenever it's like a superstar team, you know, mm-hmm. whenever you get those kind of lineups, look at elephant, for example, um, sometimes they do just suffer. Um, Nigma changed out Matumba man and they brought in Weehaw and they did very well for themselves. They got second in TI good stuff. Lately, they haven't been doing so hot. It feels like they needed another change up. So this time around, they're going to be putting Miracle back into the mid lane and they needed to bring on a carry. They settled on ILTW. I have to imagine that was not their first choice. That was my thought with the news too. I, yeah. I think that you can probably imagine a couple people who might make more sense or just like our bigger names or somebody who can go, wow. I mean, ILTW isn't completely out of left field, but it just feels mm. like not a top three choice. And there is no. slim pickings right now, right, for the people who could fill that that position. It's not like you can just poach someone off another team super easily. There's a like a big list of benched players and reserved. So like I guess I guess the list of potential candidates was already kind of slim, but I feel like no one is going like, holy shit, Nigma got ILTW. Like no one's saying that, right? Yeah. Like that's not the yeah. impact. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if this guy's been on a team since uh, OG since his time at OG. And if he was, then he obviously didn't make such a splash that I remember it. I don't remember any of the CIS teams he was on uh, from since the last time that he was on OG. So, uh, yeah. But but that being said, you do have a superstar player. You have Miracle. Um, and a lineup that wins TI is not necessarily a lineup that is full of superstars. It's um, there are a lot of things that go into making a lineup work. I mean, just look at um, Digital Chaos, for example. They managed to make it to second at TI. Once again, a roster that held Weeha. Um, they did very well for themselves. They swapped out Moo for Moon Meander, and I actually fully believe, um, like at that time, that that it made a lot of sense when they swapped those players out because I felt like one of the things that th- their lineup was just so greedy. It was it was super greedy, I felt like. And so they picked up a less greedy offlaner, someone who was a bit more active in Moon Meander compared to Moo. Moo is traditionally... I mean, there's a reason he's bounced between offlane and carry. He plays carry from the offlane. That's basically kind of how he's done it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that made sense, but they did not get anywhere close to the same kind of success that they had Um when they they did that amazing ti run um so iltw could be exactly what nigma needs but uh and who knows they might go on to win a ti with him but individually just like if you just look at this guy on paper it's not impressive he's good but i i don't i wouldn't put him again in the top five yeah i i think that my my big question mark here is how Nigma is going to shape up over the course of the next month or so, right? Because yep. there's in anything that happens feels plausible. If they stay the same, feels plausible. If they do worse, feels plausible. Maybe you lost Weha, maybe this didn't work out. If they're better, also plausible. They made a change for a reason, right? I I would not be surprised with any of the possible outcomes that come out of Nigma's placement. I, I truly cannot tell how good or bad or in, indifferent this roster is going to be, which is interesting, yeah. which makes them a little bit scary. 
And I'm looking forward to OG being shit um, for the rest of the DP season. Um, just I, I, I feel like in my gut, that's what's going to happen. Not because I think they're bad or anything like that. I just think that's uh, probably an OG thing to do. I feel like they're probably going to be shit this season. People are going to be like making fun of Anna. People are going to be putting a lot of blame on Soxa because he's not Jerex or whatever the fuck. You know, they're not going to make it into the next major. But you know what? They're going to make it. They're going to be the slot that goes through the European. Uh, they're going to be that one European slot that's left at the end to go to TI. And then they'll probably make some monster run at TI. Maybe even win the whole thing for a third time in a row. <laughs> You know, like I feel like that's that's just an OG thing to do. <laughs> do you think so, that? Do you I'm think looking that, forward to that. If that scenario happens, do you think that's finally the thing that gets OG booed, or do people just eat that up and love it? Because to oh, me, no, no, no. at that point, my reaction to that story is to go, "Boo, fuck you, no tail." And I don't know if, <laughs> if that's just me being petty. Only show up at TI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, no. I mean, they'll they'll get booed plenty when they're they're bad, just like what what happened between TI eight and TI nine. You know, the whole fucking uh, fluke, the flukers. You know, just uh, everyone shits on them. Everyone tells them they can't do anything without Anna. Then Anna comes back. They're monsters. They fucking win another one. I mean, honestly, OGs like their story is so fucking weird and so cool. Their story is so insane. And, like, part of what makes their story so weird and so cool and so insane is straight up Anna. <laughs> because Anna, in, in all honesty, like, Anna, I think, makes up a big part of that roster. I think Anna's, like, obviously he's amazing. But he also, like, seems to do really well under the pressure at TI. Now, that that could entirely be Seven No-Tails influence. Uh, that it could be entirely on them or it could be something that is innate to uh, to Anna's character. Um, but either way, he shows up to T.I. <laughs> like, that, that's the thing. We don't have data about Anna uh, outside of OG, really. You know, we just don't have that information about him. Well, like, if he ever shows up to a T.I. and like Secret or something and he plays like shit, then like, OK, then obviously he needs like that no tail uh, Seb experience was like really important to him. But like, we just don't know. Uh, but like his story is so fucking weird. Can, is there anybody in like a like I don't know sports history, but is there anybody like that in like sports history, esports history of somebody who just like wins the biggest fucking event and then just is like, eh, whatever, that was cool, I guess. Fucks off for a while, then comes back. I guess I'll win another one. All right, that was cool. Uh, I'm gonna retire. See you guys. Thanks for all the cash. Uh, and then he's just like, eh, fuck it. You know what? I'll do it a third time. Run it back. <laughs> Like, what kind of person do you have to be? Your character has to be so interesting to just be like, win a TI like that and be like, all right, cool. I did it. Nice. I'm, I'm it. hesitant to even give this analogy because if I'm wrong, I'm just going to get flamed for it. But I think that Gronk retired when Tom Brady left the Patriots. And then after winning so many Super Bowls with him and then just came out of retirement to play for Tampa Bay and won another Super Bowl this year. I think yeah. that's accurate. And that's the I'm only gonna, thing like that that I can kind of think of. But even that retirement was, like, very short-lived. Yeah, I'm also going to say that I don't count football unless you're, like, a star wide receiver or a quarterback. Now, that may just be my football ignorance, but I feel like um, the, the there were so many players... <laughs> 
on a fucking football team. I'm glad that you said that because you're going to take the flame off of me now because yeah, anyone fine, who fine. is is familiar with New England football or like why Gronk was so good, I'm pretty sure will be like, well, actually, he's the best tight end in the fucking NFL history. And, you know, they've had more touchdowns yeah, great. than anybody. You're, like in the the fuck- best, you're the best care. person in like a 25-man roster. Wow. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think that's even close to being Anna in a, in a five-man roster and being the carry. <laughs> Come at me. At me, at Cap. Someone's Cass. writing a, a YouTube comment right now. Like, <laughs> just, just stop, or just, just yeah. follow us on Twitter and then tell us there so that we can get the the follow or subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. The I I am more interested than I thought I would be for the DPC to start back up again. It does feel weird that the break between these two seasons has been like two weeks. Oh yeah, compared to last one, which was like a month for the Western ones because the Chinese new year was delayed their thing by two weeks. So then we had two weeks of just time China going on and then we had the break. Yeah. It, uh, it all happened very fast and uh, a lot of roster changes happened very fast and all kinds of weird shit. (laughs) So I, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm more worried about uh, uh, Liquid selfishly because I don't know what's going to happen with OG and Nigma in terms of them being competitors. So, uh, so that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, that's a thing that's a little spooky to me as, as someone who has a who has who clearly has a horse part in the fun in the race. Um, I mean, are you, are you really are you that scared? Are you that worried? I I I agree with you in that I actually don't think EG, uh, excuse me, OG is going to come to the event this week and be like, "Hey guys, we figured it out. We're the best team in Dota now." I would be shocked if that's the case. I expect them to flounder and probably not do well. Um, I mean, I, I'm just curious why you're afraid of uh, teams from the third best region in the world. <laughs> <laughs> because they're also a third best team, right? Like, like it, it's their region. It's fine. Oh man, major was uh, it's the major's sec- a wild one. There, there's going to be a lot of memes. It's the second best region in the world. What? Excuse me, China and North America, number one, number two. EG played literally ten games. And come, come to a group Made stage. Grand finals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Made come, it to a grand finals. Come to a Didn't group. Have to. Come to a group stage. What happened to Secret? Because the what format's broken. Secret also didn't go through a group stage. Secret, yeah, Secret <laughs> lost to the to the fucking champions. Uh, Easy peasy, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. China's strong. Europe's number two. NA's bad. South America's a fluke. SCA's Damn. scary. Alright, you're gonna take all the you're gonna take all the hate. <laughs> it depends South on who's America's watching this fluke. win and where. South um, America's a fluke, said Joey. It's true. I'll I'll fucking eat my socks if there's another similar performance. It's fine. I'm glad that they get more I'll eyeballs on it. I'll hold you that. <laughs> I think you underestimate the talent that is in the South American scene. There's a difference between South South America is a lot like Southeast Asia. The difference is, is that the talent in South America don't get exported to other regions. So their talent stays there. So all you need is that spark. All you need is that moment where you get a good captain who is able to see things through. You're able to get a roster that stays together and has really good synergy. And you're going to see another Beast Coast. Southeast Asia, I'm convinced, does not do well 
typically at international events and hasn't done very well, like hasn't like won a TI or something like that, because the, the I think it's a one, perhaps a lack of good captains, though I don't know enough mm-hmm. about the, the players there to be a certain on that. But I think a big reason is some of their best talent gets shipped off. <laughs> wherever they go europe takes them china takes them you know some of their best talent is always being taken away from them so yeah uh, china takes south a america doesn't have that problem a bed. all that all that's been exported is uh leslau and and also duster in that group but i'm gonna say that that doesn't count <laughs> they went over and played for bait <laughs> that, that that didn't work yeah, and, and that feels like an outlier, too, because other than that, you're just exporting to NA, which also feels like not, like, whatever. So you're saying mm-hmm. that that the next play for European teams is to just start poaching South American talent? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, like, if you think about it, right? If you think about what you want out of a player... Um, if you are a pre-established team and are looking to fill a hole, you want somebody who is young because you want somebody who has that like hunger, you know, that fucking hunger that makes them play 16 hours of Dota every single fucking day. I'd call them sickness, but you know, they haven't lost their passion yet. They're literally doing it for free for no money because they love the game and they love playing it and they just are addicted to it right now. You want one of those people you, you want a, a talented, untapped resource, potentially, right? South America is full of that. South America has got tons of great players that just haven't been grabbed and taken anywhere. I mean, it just makes sense, right? South America, uh, like, Dota is relatively big there. Not quite as big as in Southeast Asia, but Dota is, like, relatively big there compared to, like, North America, for example. Like, that's one of the big problems with NA, right? Is that, like, Dota just... Everyone's playing League of Legends or fucking Warzone, Call of Duty or some shit, you know? Like, Dota isn't big in North America. But I can play Wild Rift. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's like, uh, you know, we just, we, there aren't a bunch of players. So, like, there's not going to be a bunch of new up-and-comers. There's not going to be that resource potential. We've got, like, two young and upcoming players in NA. That's it. We've got like two players below twenty. Everybody else is like, you've seen them since like TI five. It's also weird that we've kind of grown up with them at this point. Like, I can think of Sumail as a child, and now he's just like an adult. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's been so long that we've been with these same people. We've watched them mature. Yes, you know. Like, so the point of this rant is, I would not bet eating your socks, Joey, because that is bad for your digestive health. Maybe I'll just clean myself out. I'll just, I'll just do some mm. kind of sock-based colonic. Gross. <laughs> um, there's probably there's probably uh, one more thing, one more thing that we should that we should touch on before I let you go to 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 not sleep. I'm up for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> you you gotta stay up because otherwise this jet lag is gonna fuck you. I on the mm-hmm. other hand do have to go to bed eventually. Um, Fair. And that is, that is. The patch came? Oh, uh, yes. The patch. And more importantly, at least to me, a hero came. Because the patch, looking at the notes, aside from the map changes, which um, feel semi-consequential, nothing else stood out to me as wild. I didn't really... You're talking, I, about, uh, you're talking about Mama Thunder Thighs? 
I'm talking about Mama Thunder Thighs. You're talking about glowing warm mommy? Yeah, you're talking about her? <laughs> Only if you say mommy. I want to pick mommy. You know, I, I, I took that name, War Mommy. You know what that's from? That's from For Honor. Because they have a character that was a new character that got released, was very OP, and was even OP at the event uh, itself. And um, and her name was Warmonger, and she was like this badass. So people people started calling her War Mommy. That's that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, and Slacks would use it all the time, and it kind of always it always made me feel a little a little weird, a little sussed. I'm like, oh, don't say that, Slacks. Don't <laughs> don't. Slacks, says, hello. <laughs> oh, War Mommy. And I'm like, no, don't. Uh. Um, but yes we had, we had a patch we've got a new hero uh she was actually i think one of the most underpowered new heroes that has ever come out when's the last time we had a hero release that got buffed in 24 hours yeah because I normally it's was... the other way around right like i yeah. i can tell you the last 10 dota heroes that all got nerfs multiple nerfs within a week after they, yeah. they after they got live played even the heroes when they came it over from Dota One, very frequently, because the game had changed to some extent, they they came in and they, like a lot of them were initially broken. Phoenix Timber, oh. uh, yeah. Who else is in that like weird in between period? A uh, centaur I think was really broken when he first came in. I think he came in with the stun on ultimate. Yes, uh, oh, that dude, was still Dota Two, so he I... was broken. That that was that was right when I was like MMR grinding like up from 2K and getting to like the threes and like starting to touch the fours and I Dang. rode I rode broken centaur for like at least five. <laughs> if if you look at my at my Dota buff, I think he's still like the third most played hero I have, with like something yeah. stupid like a seventy five percent win rate. Yeah. So uh, Dawnbreaker came in. She was I think pretty underpowered. I think what the problem is, her abilities are just kind of, um, kind of bad. Like number wise, I think the, the the numbers on her abilities are kind of bad. But then she got buffed, and some of those some of those numbers went up. Um, some of those numbers went up by like a decent amount, like 30 percent gain or something like that. Um, but then they also buffed her initial stats, and her initial stats were actually kind of the saving grace of her. The the she has good strength gain, one of the. I, think it's one of the higher ones because very few strength heroes actually have high strength gain mm -hmm. they're intelligence heroes who have like four plus intelligence gain no problem but i think very few strength heroes have that most of the time they have an ability that makes them tanky under lord bristleback etc so they can't have a high strength gain otherwise they're gaining a 5000 hp and they also have wild this ability, that's some ability. Yeah. yeah exactly so it's like you got to keep that a little bit in check uh, Centaur's one of the, the, the he's the highest and he's above four um, and I think Dawnbreaker's like 3.6 so like pretty respectable right not not bad at all um, her initial strength I think is pretty good she has like she's pretty tanky at the very start her movement speed her starting movement speed is high above average and then uh, her her starting base damage I think is not too bad but then they buffed her base armor by two and now she is just a stats beast. She shows up in lane as a three, four, five position, and she just beats ass. 
she just fucking whomps on fools. She still becomes a little lackluster later on to the game, but like initially, she's actually such a piece of shit. It's great. I love her. She's wonderful. I'm I'm interested to see how she slots in. I haven't been able to play with her because of the couple of Dota games that I was able to play for those couple of days. Um, there was just that new hero ban it. So I haven't gotten yeah. to, to, to properly test it in any like real matchmaking. But I'm excited for uh the ultimate as a as a repositioning engagement tool, kind of like a Spectre, hey, I'm coming in now. Um mm-hmm. si- situation. Or even if you're getting really wonky from the supportive side, since it's also a you know a, a reposition heal, right? Yeah. So I, I'm interested because that alone makes it feel super strong when you have a hero with global presence, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you you can count those. I'm I'm sorry. I I I I, I so I I real quickly I was like, <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna actually look at the strength game to see where she's at, and for whatever reason, this table of stats has her. They put her at three point two, and I'm like, what? That's actually pretty far down the list. I'm like. What? That can't be right. And then I look at the wiki. It's 3.8. 3.8 puts her... She is tied for the fourth highest strength game in the game. So, just to, to illustrate my, my point. Sorry, go on. Being able to engage or disengage or catch up to someone with the ult feels like the exciting thing that makes you want to play the hero. Yeah. That's, that's no, where sure. I feel like there's fun involved. Generally, I think the last couple of heroes that have been released haven't really felt like heroes that uh, speak to me. I don't really play a lot of support, so Grimstroke wasn't, like, super my vibe. Uh, I do enjoy playing Mars, uh, but I don't play offline that much, and I'm not someone who's going to, like, take a Mars mid, really. Um, mm-hmm. I H- Hoodwink doesn't quite do it for me, and I, and I don't have a good explanation as to why that is, aside from just, like, eh, feeling, feeling kind of eh. Uh, I never learned how to play Void Spirit, so I'll just skip over that one. <laughs> and uh, and uh, in, th- th- this this feels like something that I can see myself like having a good time and stacking some games on and, and finding out the in and outs of. And it's been a while since there's been a hero release that I felt that way about. Yeah, she's... Um, I will say that she... Her character design, I think, is not the best that Valve has done, and, and I think they knocked it out of the park with recent heroes, right? I think Snapfire, like, that hero is incredibly fun. That that hero is super fun. Uh, and then it, it also helps that her character itself, she's also kind of funny and stuff. Pango, incredibly fun hero. Mars, high tier for sure when it comes to, to the, the fun list. Void Spirit, super fun to play. Um, I feel like Dawnbreaker little bit less so but she she is um kind of cool in that she just kind of like she just gets in there i think that's interesting she just gets in there and she sticks i think that's interesting from like a game design perspective if, if you think about it because at what point do you need to always be making new heroes like better than the last or more exciting than the last or like more mechanically intricate than the last right because you're right like yeah. all those heroes you listed like do something kind of new and unique where where Don Breaker's like I mean the, like th- this feels like something that, that anyone could have thought of right like there, well, there's nothing a lot, really... of people, a lot of the community did point out that it had already been thought of by other games <laughs> yeah right I don't know if you've seen it have you played um Dark Darksiders 
Is that the game? Is is that the, uh, I know what yeah. Darksiders is, but I but I haven't played okay. Darksiders proper. Google Darksiders three and go images. People in chat can do it. And just look at her character design. The the main character is this like redheaded, I don't know, demon woman. And you click on some of these, and she actually looks so much like Dawnbreaker. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, and then like obviously her abilities, her Q is kind of like um there's some League of Legends heroes that have something like that. Uh I know at least Pantheon has that global jump ability. People were comparing it to Smite, which I have no experience with other than watching a very small amount. Uh, some some heroes like that. But yeah, I, I think you're right that this um, there isn't necessarily anything super innovative about this hero. The most interesting from a Dota universe standpoint is certainly the, the ultimate, because there's uh, only a couple of uh, global abilities, especially global repositioning uh, abilities. That's nature's yeah. prophet. Nature's prophet, specter, right? That's it, I think. Yeah, maybe spirit breaker, but that, that one's obviously weirder. Um, so yeah, it's like that. Uh, that one's the most interesting, but it's it's obviously not that. Uh, it definitely makes the hero. I think my 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 it, point is though, it's like, does every hero need to be like a void spirit no, or a pango? No, for sure, definitely not. So I think she, uh, from my experience playing her, she is fun. She. Uh, she doesn't look as fun as she actually is, which is probably a good sign of character design. Like, actually playing her is a lot of fun. Her Q is uh, good right now. We'll see as people get better. Like, let me just give you a tip, guys. She can't turn when she's doing her swinging thing. So if you literally just walk towards her when she starts it on, you're not going to get hit by the stun. <laughs> you're just not. It's actually very easy to dodge if you, like... Know, know what to look out for. Because she, she's following you backwards, right? Like, like she's walking forward with her swings? Yeah, she's walking forward, swing, swing, boom. So she can't turn in a direction. She's going straight forward while doing that. So And she's walking forward as she's doing it. So it just makes sense. The best way to get yourself out of the AOE of that stun is to go the opposite direction that she's going. So you, so you just, like, she's running at you and doing it. You know, if she's chasing you, turn around and just whoop. What happens if, she, if she's swinging, like, immediately adjacent to a cliff? Does, does she reposition? She does not go over the cliff. No. Okay, so, so you can use it as, like, a movement ability? No, that would probably be broken, considering she already has her W to do that for you. So. That's um, true. It's also why, if you're playing her, you need to build Orb of Corrosion, because having that additional slow is really important for landing your Q. Also, you can get Blink Dagger, and you can charge up the Q, swing, swing, blink, and she will slam on the ground and do the stun where she blinks to. So it feels kind of like a low-value Blink Dagger, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's, you're you're, you're blinking bad. for like a two-second stun, right? Like, I, I I only know this because I've seen other people do it, but I am convinced that you don't actually build initiation items on her. Um, you you actually build um, just stat items because your ultimate is your initiation, and I think you just want to get in there as much as possible. Your your damage comes not from the burst like many blink in initiators; it comes from just lasting a long time and like hitting constant cues and constantly whacking on people. Because again, very high fourth highest starting strength, fourth highest uh, strength gain. And then you've got a, an inherent crit, which the crit numbers are not that good. That's why I don't think she's a carry. I think she's more of a maybe a two 
a lot more of a three, four, five in that. Because you're not really building damage even on top of the crit, right? Like, what would you even do yeah. to amp that? And you, you probably I, don't think... want a Deso, right? Like, you just want like an AC. Yeah, if her if her crit numbers got buffed, or we'll see what happens when she gets a shard or an Agnum scepter. If either one of those gives her like a juggernaut type, um, a way to like give her like game damage, like his Agnum scepter is, is incredibly good for that. If they give her something like that, then she might end up being more of a carry. Um, but for now, I feel like her her biggest upgrade that she gets out of her talents, for example, is level twenty when she gets two charges of her Q that that is like super good um but like other than that there isn't like a big there isn't like a big stat increase uh, for example like the other level 20 talent is is the percentage based crit increase it increases the damage on your crit but like the charge is just better if those were like different tiers then maybe she would scale better as a carry um but like right now i i think she doesn't have the a way to be able to scale good enough I don't know how many games but. are going to 25, but the uh, 1100 cast range on the <laughs> hammer is Ooh, is actually just silly. Again, I don't even know what the other talent is. Very much like the the charges, I'm just like, oh, this one's clearly better. <laughs> because j j just the amount of repositioning you can do, either for or away from fights, mm -hmm. is is wild. Is you don't need a blink when you can just zoop. Yep. That far into, yep. into a thing, right? Yeah, so. the other one is uh, Solar Guardian plus 200 radius, which is gigantic. That is a big increase in the radius. I mean, just it, the, the ultimate's already much easier to hit because they increased it by 100. 100 in a circle is a big amount. Yeah, because, I mean, so, that's a radius. So diameter's 200. Yeah, yeah. so know? it's like uh, the, that level 25 talent, I'm sure it's okay, but it, it's not the Celestial Hammer cast range. It's <laughs> that well, thing's you can insane. Use, you can use that for movement nonstop, right? To engage, yeah. to disengage, to move on the map, to get over cliffs, right? Like you're doing that as a positionary tool. That's why people buy blink daggers or force staffs, right? The the yeah. ultimate, you just use it once in a fight, and then you don't have yeah. it anymore. You're not using it all the time. Yeah, I think um, the best way I've been using her so far is that I think she's actually a really good split pusher because she has great wave clear. Um. Pretty good wave clear. She can do it at dist distance, just throw the hammer and run away, for example, and then eventually it pulls back, and then the burn damage will do enough to kill most of the creeps. Um, you can obviously Q through it. You can Q and W to, to 100 to 0 it really quickly. Um, she hits neutral creeps really well. She has constant sustain because of her passive. So in my opinion, I don't think you actually play with your team. I feel like she's best used to get the hard farm on the map to get the split pushing side, because she always has her ultimate, especially when you get 15 and you get the minus cooldown. She always has her ultimate to be able to join into fights. Um, so I think you try and take advantage of that global positioning as much as possible and actually play away from your team. Uh, only when your ultimate's off cooldown. What's is. the charge time on ultimate? Like, if you're playing, like, a really ratty style, could you, like, BKB alt out of everything always? Um, yeah. Yeah, you can. Um, interesting note. Be careful of playing against Nyx Assassin because the damage that you are doing, you do oh, damage in that okay. AoE, and he spike carapaces it, and you don't do anything. <laughs> you, you I, I, I had that happen to me, and I'm just like, 
what happened to my ultimate? Did somebody stun me? Like, what happened? And then I realized, like, oh, Nick's assassin is really fucking me here. I can't join in these fights. Uh, also, Chronosphere or any ability like that, if you land, you you won't land. You have to actually hit the ground in order to do the damage and the stun. So if you jump into a Chronosphere, all that's going to happen is you're going to get frozen outside of the bubble, and then you won't actually do the damage or stun. But uh, that's another one for you. Do you continue that action when the chronosphere ends, or do you just fall slowly you just drop back to the there? ground? Yeah, it's like you got in, impaled and chronosphered midair. You know, you're just frozen up there in the air, and then you just land, just like a normal hero. Nothing special. No, no slam. No three point crouch thing that superheroes do. Nothing like that. You're just like, oh, I'm here now. <laughs> I, I I gotta get some games under my belt to really. I'm, I'll probably give another week and let it let it simmer down a little bit, so I can give yeah. a real review. And, and actually try and, and fuck around with it and do some silly things, you know? Uh, is there anything else top level that interested you with the changes without without getting too crazy in depth? The one that stood out to me, because it's like mm -hmm. a detriment to uh, heroes that I play, is uh, is, is R.I.P. Uh, Blink on Abyssal. That's, you know? Oh, yes. That, that, that feels like a substantial change. Um, good yeah I, I agree i i i never thought that was a great mechanic but uh you know uh the big one no necronomicon necronomicon in my humble opinion from like four months ago i was convinced necronomicon was a broken item and i think that played out to be mostly true it was picked up less at the major than i expected it to but like you know even IG realized, oh, we have to ban Beastmaster against EG. We can't give them that hero. Necronomicon was a broken item. And it ruined supports. Fucking ruined their lives. Because if they're not dying to the Necronomicon 100 to 0, because whatever reason they're faster than you, it has a purge ability, it's beating your fucking ass, because they buffed it, they made it hero damage, but then didn't scale the damage down enough to be the same as it did to heroes before. They scaled it down to do the same amount to buildings with hero damage, so it meant it was doing more to heroes than it was before. So that just means it's amplified even more because you've been Beastmaster or Lycan or whatever who are buffing their units up, so then that percentage base increase becomes even larger because then they're attacking faster, <laughs> whatever the fuck. Not only are they ruining your life in that way, one of the rare satisfactions, Joey, of playing support is having good vision and knowing in your head that vision won us a team fight. That vision saved my carry. That vision saw them win into Roshan and we took a fight and that's how we won the game. That is one of the rare, rare fucking opportunities you get as a support to feel good about yourself. You know what Necronomicon does? It fucks that. It fucks that super hard. Because these Necronomicons literally just run around the map. Not even with the hero sometimes. They just run around. Oh, hey, there's a ward, boss. <laughs> great amount of gold. <laughs> Fucking, it, it, it's, it's a great amount of gold whenever you deward something like that. It's like getting a hero kill. So these guys just run Necronomicons around the patch. You can't put any low ground vision. It always has to be on high ground. And let me tell you, high ground vision is the easiest to fucking get rid of. Because everybody knows you put wards on the high ground. It's super easy. It's not very deceptive at all. There's literally a giant eye marker that says "Put a ward here." <laughs> yeah, the, right that, here. That, that's for that's for the bottom ninety five percent of Dota players, not for mm -hmm. you know the people who are really having trouble with Necronomicons, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and instead of balance changes, the balance changes is, is to get rid of it. I guess so. <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, I thought maybe like my my idea would be they take away the um my, the vision aspect for wards, or they give uh that passive ability they can't see wards, or they give them an active ability that reveals like dust in an area or something like that. You know, it catches units and reveals wards in a unit in an area or something like that. Scale down the damage. Instead, Ice Frog's like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Let's get the item out of here. And so Lycan, Lycan is just fucking in the fucking trash can. What is Lycan without Necronomicon? I don't know. He's so bad. What do you do? You're like a support Lycan that bites people? You're a support Lycan who bites know. your troll. And that's that's the game. He has one of the worst win rates that people that eighty hero has had ever in Dota two uh, matchmaking. Right now, he's down there at like thirty three percent or something like that. His win rate is fucking awful. Necronomicon made that hero last patch, and when you take Necronomicon away and don't give him any buffs, probably then he's not a hero. Like when when is like not built Necro? I don't know. <laughs> Never. I mean, at least there was yeah. a point in time where I don't think Beastmaster built it, but like Lycan has always built. That's always been like the Lycan item. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So they they just took it away. I don't think they gave that that hero any buffs. So he's just total dog shit now. Beastmaster, surprisingly not dog shit. Joey, have you seen this? Do you know what I'm referencing? Uh, is is it because you can just uh you can just kill Roshan by yourself when you're smoked? Even that, that build is kind of legit even without the Roshan cheese. Aghanims on those axes, people are just building magic damage Beastmaster, and it's insane. How do you have mana for that? I don't fucking know, honestly. All I know is this guy's throwing axes every two fucking seconds at a long-ass range, and then if you ever get close to him, he goes, Wacha! And he e-blade dagons you. Which is amplified by the fact that you've been wild axed fucking four times before you show up. So that fucking 2,000 damage nuke that you just got hit by becomes 4,000 damage or some shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. That, uh, that thing's wild. But uh, that's what I love about Dota is that, um, that people adapt. You take away something from these Dota players and they're like, not my favorite hero. I'll find a way to make it work. And let's liken. <laughs> Those Lycan players don't know what they're doing right now. In which case, your core identity was Necronomicon, and now he doesn't have an identity. He's just a lost wolf. Uh, do the BKB changes pack, do anything? Joey. <laughs> what? Do the BKB changes do anything? Uh, I haven't felt the BKB change yet, to be honest. Like, I, like obviously, there are BKBs in my games and stuff, but I haven't felt a difference in it. Not yet. Does it, did anything else matter? I think there's too many changes, but like I feel like the map is like how you're gonna play the map is is kind of the same. Um, it's just messier. It's harder to play the map the way you used to. Um, for supports, a lot new warding positions. I feel like wards are gonna be harder to find because the sentry smaller AOE. Again, it's a circle, so you take away a hundred. It feels really fucking small, especially for something like with Dawnbringer, you an extra hundred 
you okay if they're going to run back to their base that extra hundred may not actually mean that much to cover your bases but a century is super important because the edges of the century are what's important right you're trying to cover this ward spot and that ward spot and you're going to put it right in the middle to cover as much ground as possible yeah so that that nerf hit centuries really hard plus the map I feel like is there's a lot more trees and not as much clear vision. You look at the Radiant Jungle, for example. It used to be a wide open plain. You get up on that high ground, you get up those stairs next to the outpost, and it was a fucking wide open plain with a mountain, a solo peak right there in the middle. But everything else was flat and wide and clear. Now it's a uh, there's trees everywhere and uh, hard vision to have. I'm uh, I'm I'm interested in uh, in just general dewarding rates because of the century change. Like oh yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> fucking deward. I spent a game dewarding and I found like three or something like that. I was just like, where the fuck are these wards? That's bad for your investment too, because at that point you're you're oh, losing yeah. money, right? Yeah, and I'm so, not able to play Crystal Maiden and get a, a blink BKB shard. Uh, have you seen that one? I have seen that one. I think being able that to move during funny. during the shard is kind of funny. It's so fun. Yeah, I could just start start casting my ultimate and then like blink halfway through or something like after people have used their disables. So I'm like, all right, they got no stuns. Let's go. It's sick. It's super fun. So I should play more Crystal Maiden and I should figure out how Dawnbreaker is really useful. And yes. Then, uh... I actually don't know what the uh, what what hoodwinks ags and ag shard do. Are they interesting at all? I've heard that the ags is good. The shard is maybe not so much. Um, so the ags gives you a boomerang, which uh, puts hunter's mark on you, which does more damage. So she got another nuke, and then she got a way to amp her damage up. Mm-hmm. Her shard is some decoy thing. I don't know. I haven't played hoodwink yet. Been too busy. With Miss Thunder Thighs to uh, to mess with anybody else, but um, apparently that's not very good. But I've heard the Ags is actually legit, so we'll see if uh, she becomes a hero at the DPC. What else? What, else, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, um, no more power runes until six minutes. How does the does the, does the rune uh, changes affect? more stuff that I'm not thinking about with my low-level brain. I just looked at Dota buff, and I looked at win rate based on meta, and Immortal Lycan's win rate is 58%. But that's because it's encountering this month. <laughs> so all the shit Lycan games have only brought that down to 58% if you look at this month as a whole. God. He was the highest win rate hero of last patch. Um, yeah, sorry, so your, so your question, uh, power rune six minutes not happening. So, how, how, how do rune changes actually affect stuff here, and are they important? Because I can't tell. I think this is my theory crafting here. I think we may end up living in a future, Joey, where supports buy bottle for their mid. I think that might happen. I think that I think that may end up being a thing because bottle is more important in the mid lane now so here's here's a weird like there's a weird psychology to this right bottle is more important why because you have two runes on both sides two runes increases your chances of being able to refill your bottle 
right? Mm -hmm. Which makes bottle a more valuable item. So because there are two runes, and bottle's more important, more mids are getting bottle earlier, they're more dependent on those runes. So what does that mean for you as a support? It means that ganking that mid lane and taking away those runes is more important to winning the mid lane. So I feel like what's going to be happening, which is very similar to what was happening last patch, is the both supports are going to rotate onto mid to battle over the runes. Because runes were so important last patch to be able to get that power rune super big, to be able to, to win the mid lane and then on top of that, like rotate and stuff like that. I feel like there's maybe almost more emphasis because mids are getting bottle earlier and therefore denying that water rune away from somebody with an empty bottle is massive for being able to win the mid lane, especially if you put damage on that hero. So I think there's more incentive for five and four positions to, to move into the mid lane. And so it's going to be a clusterfuck there. And now the, the interesting step from there is, right, the more likely that a support is going to be moving to gank you and fuck up with your bottle, does that mean that in a month from now we're buying less bottles earlier on your mid laners because it's not reliable in a month after the meta has been set of supports rotating onto mid? It's reliable now because there's two of them. But supports are very, very quickly realizing that means you just need to gank the mid lane, in which case the bottle becomes less reliable. It's a weird cycle. Yeah, because what's that investment if you never get those water runes, right? Yeah. Then you're just wasting money. But if you're a support buying the bottle. Yeah. Think of, think of that. There's also, uh, there's also the, the bounty runes. They just changed that this last night. Now you only get two out of three charges on your bottle um, for water and bounty runes. But there's also the bounty rune at three minutes instead of five minutes. So at three and six minutes, you've got that over there. So it's pretty fun. It's uh, do you know your rune timings, Joey? Not after the patch, no. Okay. Super simple, right? Zero minutes. There are four bounty runes. Okay. I got that one. That one. That one. Easy for me. Two minutes. Two water runes. Three minutes. One. Uh, two bounty runes. Four minutes. Where do those two bounty two runes water spawn? Runes. They spawn up on the, the high ground, where the, the high ground where they used to be in your triangle. Okay. Okay. Four minutes, two, two, uh, two water runes. Five minutes, nothing. Six minutes. How many are there, Joey? How many are there at six minutes? Do, do all the runes spawn? <laughs> There are three runes that spawn at six minutes. Hold on, wait a second. Now, now I, I need I need another chart. What three runes? Are, oh, because so there's not two water runes now. There's one power rune and two bounty runes. Yes. Okay. And those two. So. And then at eight minutes. Are we? We're just getting power runes again. Only one rune. Very good, Joey. <laughs> okay dude it's so fucking confusing it's so fucking confusing i saw that from Cinderin, by the way he was doing that on a stream so it goes four it goes four two 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 three one two 
<laughs> I feel like I was a support. I'm running around all over the place. Uh, fuck, no, there, there's water runes. There's water runes. Uh, fucking bounty runes. Fucking get the bounty runes. When are you ever in lane? Are we going to need more self-sufficient laners to deal with this shit? I think so. I mean, right now, right now what's happening in pubs, even high-level pubs that I'm playing at, is that bounty runes just get left. People forget about three-minute bounty runes. Then they show up six minutes. They're like, oh, there's two bounty runes. Well, that's fucking value. Um, but as, at the highest level, like at the professional level, eventually people will remember these timings better. And we'll see if that does mean we need more self-sufficient cores because supports are running around like chickens with their heads cut off trying to secure all these runes all over the place. But That's my first yeah. thought, that there's going to be value on cores that are okay without their support by their side if there needs to be that much running around and helping the mid laner getting runes or just being efficient on the map. Because suddenly you're going to have trouble with any any like hard one that needs to be babysat. Yeah. It's like uh, Ice Frog took away, like he, he heard the complaints about like, the game's too structured. Like uh, I feel like we, they're, okay, we do Roshan, and we take the tier two, and then we take the outpost, and then we do Roshan, and then we go high ground. Like it's a little bit too structured. We need to we need to let up on some of these timings. And Nice Rock's like, okay, let's make it to the outpost. You can just take whenever it gives you this passive bonus. But then he replaced it with all these fucking runes. So now, from a support perspective, there's always something. I'm always it's always very structured and fucking. Two minutes, I secure the water runes. At three minutes, I can go get the bounty runes if I want to like invade into their triangle. To go the only time back to the water runes. The only time that the low ground bounty rune spawn is at zero. Yes, that's the only time it spawns. Zero minutes, and then and the every... only time the water rune spawn is at two and four minutes. And then and then the power runes are on a three minute cycle, and the bounty runes are back to a five minute cycle. No, the power runes are on a two minute cycle. The bounty runes are on a three-minute cycle. Gotcha. And there's only two bounty runes. So there's less bounty runes overall because now there's four bounty runes every six minutes instead of four bounty runes every five minutes. Yes. So it, it's also part of the bounty runes are just like a, a little less valuable than they used to be, so which is why even at the highest level, people are just kind of letting them chill and not making... Uh, not making a whole lot of fuss to go get them. Bottles on four positions is more valuable than it used to be, I would say, um, because the supports are running around securing all these rooms. What supports really benefit from that? Like, Earth Spirit? I don't really know. Yeah, I like, mean, Earth Spirit whatever. feels like he doesn't really have a ton of mana problems, right? Uh, I'm sure it doesn't hurt. Um, Hawkwork has to mint. Like, I've, any of the strength four positions that roam around probably won't say no to a bottle. Um, I don't know when you get it though. I'm not. I'm not like su super certain on that. Is it after brown boots? Do you get upgraded boots first? The later you get it, the less value it is because at some point we go down to just three and two. Do you try and get it by four minutes for the water runes? I don't really know. Which is why I think I feel like there's possible future where like the four position buys a bottle for their mid or something like that. Like there's something something weird's gonna happen. All I know is that there's no way. There's no way these fucking greedy ass core players that fucking <clears throat> got got fucking breastfed. Come here, my sweet child. Got breastfed all these fucking salves straight from my four poor fucking net worth. There's no way these carries that got got the opportunity to yell at their supports to secure fucking power runes for them and sit on that fucking bounty rune so I can refill my bottle. There's no way these players 
got used to that kind of lifestyle of sucking my net worth dry and are just going to give up on that because they can no longer take shared tangos to lane. There's no way they're giving up on that. So I'm convinced it's only going to get worse. I'm going to have to buy them a fucking bottle. With my 800 net worth, I'm going to have to spend over 600 of it to give them a bottle or something like that. Something's going to happen like that. Mark my words. Do you know how good I feel every time as a one position that I that I salve my five position for them? I feel like I'm doing the world you of should. justice. I, I, you I, should. I, I feel like the most self... It makes me... S- it makes me feel so good when I do that because I'm like, I'm a virtue signaling motherfucker. I'm like, hey, I want you to know I'm a nice person. I don't need the salve. You can have it. Oh, it's one of my favorite feelings in Dota. That That's like an abnormal Dota feeling. It's, it's, you know it's, it's, it's reversing the salve. I'm a good support player. You know how many times I've given my core like two or three salves in lane to make a lane manageable and then they fucking... Uh, flame me because I'm off securing the the fucking four minute power rune or now six minute power rune or whatever and I wasn't in lane or some shit you know like my god I, it's it's actually insane these these fucking core players these one and two position players man they they they, they oh my god <laughs> I had a rough one yesterday when it came to pubs I got fucking justice though I'll tell you about that later maybe. <laughs> Maybe the podcast has gone on too long. Um, the TLDR is I got flamed to shit by somebody, and we played like two games with each other in a row. Then I got him on the enemy team. He was with BSJ on his team. I was with FNG. FNG played Chen. All my other players took up the support roles. I had to play carry. BSJ said, if it's cap carry, I'm double downing. We go into the game, I, the Storm Spirits on BSJ's stream, telling everybody how much I suck dick. We're playing against a caster. That guy sucks. He's telling me to quit matchmaking, go cast or something. Like, that's a fucking insult or whatever the fuck. And, y- you know, and you know what I do? I play Razor. I play against BSJ in his Leshrac. Not the best matchup, by the way. But, you know, whatever. I make do. I get a 1v2 fucking double kill against his ass. I go beyond godlike in the game. I fucking dumpster that fucking opposing storm spirit. I shit all over all of them. You put some goddamn respect on my name when you fucking come at me in these fucking pubs and say that I'm trashed here. Motherfucker, I got 8k as a play-by-play caster. Go fuck yourself. You got you got fucking run over by a play-by-play caster on his worst role, you pieces of shit. You should clip that out. Um, it's, it's, uh, I don't want to, yeah, I don't, I don't want to take a razor into a storm Shrek matchup. That feels like not a fun razor game. Yeah. But they had a life stealer. So, oh, also, also, I like, I also knew that if I fucked that, the, the life stealer player was actually pretty good and was the reason that we lost our two previous games. It was like a pretty good carry. So I wanted to fuck his game more than most. Also, I didn't know the storm spirit was there. I just knew the last track. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm, uh, <clears throat> I don't, want to, I don't know if I want to see this on the stream. I'm a little bit of a Razor player, and I think it's kind of fun. So, um... <laughs> right. Razor's a super fun carry. Razor's super fun. I don't know why people, I don't know why people give Razor a, a bad rap. It's a fun carry. It's a fun carry. Yeah. Especially when uh, you pick it into the perfect situation where, like, the enemy team is four supports and a PA. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. you're like, yeah. I got an auto win hero, baby. Um... Dude, I forgot what the fuck I was going to say. Uh, probably because it's late and I should have the podcast and go to bed. But yeah. um, new patch, 
new DPC season, new hero, uh, new headphones. We're 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 chilling. We're fucking chilling. Mm-hmm. And that that's actually all that I that's all that I got. That's actually I, I think that I had something more interesting to say and that I just that I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm done. I'm tired, dude. I'm feeling it. Fair. I'm feeling it. It's gonna be a good week. Fuck yeah. <laughs>